Hello. How are you today? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, good night. And good siesta. <laughs> this is Miguel. And this is Esme. We're going to be having to do a lot of editing. Or Esmeralda for long. Today we decided we would chat about Burning Man. And I feel like I've seen a number of videos on YouTube for people who've never been before. True. Brand new. Yes. So what I was thinking we would do instead is potentially talk about... Uh, after you've been a couple years and what are some things that we would do uh, differently? Yeah. Well, for one, I wouldn't watch the YouTube videos because the YouTube videos for me were like glorified movie of YouTube of Burning Man. Yeah. They weren't really realistic. I don't think. What did you find unrealistic? Um... There's people that are super duper clean. There's no dust on their hair. You know, they're like, I don't know. It just it just was like, wow, they um, painted this nice, perfect picture of Burning Man. And then when you get there, it's super dusty. <laughs> it is nothing like the videos. You're not having an orgy every day. <laughs> you could be if you went to the orgy dome. You could be. Yes, you could be. But then you would find that there's only like 60 years old people there all the time. Mostly. For uh, the most part. It did seem a, you know, a <laughs> high percentage. But mostly, I don't know. I haven't been there that many times. Well, I was there a couple times and yeah, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't recommend it. I went by one time as a ranger. Great. That made for a more uh, official-esque Oh, visit. were you called there because there were some like uh, um, boundaries that were, you know, pushed? People, yeah, it's no a hot consent? Spot. It's a hot spot for consent issues. Consent for sure. issues, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that too. I think it's interesting how the Me Too movement is also uh, reaching and affecting the Burning Man community. Me Too movement. Explain that. The Did it start with Harvey Weinstein, Hollywood, people that were saying, I too have been sexually harassed or oh, sexually right, uh, right, right. assaulted? And that same movement that's been going on in social media for at least the last six months as a very strong and popular topic, has been also going through the Burning Man community. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's been going through, through the Burning Man community for the last year. Consent, yes, no, what are your boundaries? With such a sex-charged, sex-positive environment and group of people, sexually adventurous, sexual explorers, you're bound to have a lot of issues, drama. And consent is clearly going to be a big piece of that. Well, I think that what you're saying is that your boundaries are certainly going to be pushed. Do you want to have sex with a man? Do you want to have a threesome? There is a big opportunity at Burning Man. 
but yet at the same time, I wouldn't say that everybody that goes there is confronted with those questions. I'm sure there's lots of people that go and nobody ever mentions anything to se about sex to them. And part of it's by choice. It's the circles you run in, the uh, the vibrations you're open to. Sure, there's the, the camps you stay in. Camps are much more sexually charged than others. Exactly. There's seventy thousand people. I guess my first year going to Burning Man. You were scared. No, I wasn't scared. I, 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 okay, yes, I was a little scared. I was in the desert. <laughs> Only scared porta in the potties. desert. But anyways, the Sounds first like thing Sounds like that really festival. like in my face was naked people. <laughs> but a lot of naked babies out I there. I know, but naked people with their adults. Adults. Yeah. Right? Big naked babies, I guess you would say. <laughs> but still, that was like the number one shocking thing that I remember from Burning Man the first time was the human carcass wash. <laughs> Yes. No, that was the second year. So, I was saying about Burning Man was that I guess the most, sh not shocking, just it was maybe more an eye-opener. Like, people were so free. You know, you're, you can feel free to be naked. Um, walk around with no clothes. People give you food. They feed you bacon. That's a big thing at Burning Man. Bacon. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Bacon. Salt. People are obsessed. But this is more for people who have been there two or three times. So they already know that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think a good question would be, what... Would you say to people who have been for a couple of years and are still in their shell? That's, I think, the, the uh, groups you can put people into is those who are still in their shell that they came to Burning Man with and they have yet to be able to really discard it and um, loosen up, walk around freely. So not everybody's in that state or is r even ready to get there. But those that go and are definitely still firmly within their shell of introversion or conformity or conservatism, you know, there's ways, of course, to step yourself into more and more of a laid-back, casual uh, attendance into Burning Man. And I would say one of those ways is probably to volunteer. Find yeah. a group. Volunteer. Find something to do. Join a theme camp. That's a whole nother topic. If you've never, if you've only ever camped in a theme camp, I would definitely try solo camping a year with, you know, uh, a decent amount of friends because it's harsh for <laughs> just two people or one person. Right. In fact, that reminds me of a friend. We have a friend that went, of course, because we had heard about Burning Man, you know, since the early 2000s. People talk about it all the time. You kind of hear whispers of it. You're not really quite sure what to make of it. And we had a good friend, Rob, who went to Burning Man. Uh, oh, right. He went by himself. Yeah, yeah. He, I believe he got a ride. Yeah, he got a ride. Somebody dropped him off way far away from, or I, I don't think he was camping with anybody, so he just went wherever he wanted. The electric slide. I like this song. 
electric feel. Okay. Electric like slides electric like slide. 30 years ago. <laughs> but they're both electric. Anyways, we were talking about Burning Man. And what was your Rob last Blue. question? So Rob Blue, oh, he got there. Right. And he ended up camping by himself in a tent, which are two big mistakes right off the bat. No tenting uh, it at Had a man. terrible time. Well, if you're under 30, I think you'd probably be fine. It's all about your back and your no. comfort level. Um, but anybody who's not in a tent is more comfortable. Yeah. Look at Tom, though. I mean, there's <laughs> always exceptions to the rules. Yeah, but he only did it once. And then after that, he was like, uh, yeah. never again. He did go out and get <laughs> He bought RV. an Airstream after that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, so that we had a friend that went and had a terrible time. And so, anyways, back to if you have only ever stayed at the same theme camp, mix it up. Try a different one, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, I would you're going to get a completely that. different experience. If you have never stayed with a theme camp, wow, <laughs> you know, you got to try that as well. And if you've been there a couple of years, you at least have an idea of some of the big villages. That'd be a safe bet. You could go with, like, the Comfort and Joy and... Where's that heebie-jeebie healers? They're in Camp Contact. Camp Contact, they're called, yeah. yeah. They're far, far away. Duck Pond's a big dance <laughs> camp. Yes. District, if you, if DIY. Wanna, right. Barbie Death Camp. I mean, There is know. certainly, like, districts, right? Areas. Sure. Kidsville, of, Hushville. Um, yes, Kidsville, DPW. Hushville. Um, places where you, you know, if you're into techno and music and you want to be not, able not to really. listen to music all the time until three o'clock in the freaking morning. Well, that's pretty much <laughs> every day while you're there. I bet even Hushville here, son, how could you not? I mean, there's just so much going on now at night. It's un, un, nonstop. True, but I'm sure that it's a little bit more quieter. I mean, in Hushville? Hushville, compared to Maybe where we stayed. deep in that block. Remember where we stayed last year? Tokyo. Tokyo. And it was close to district, and it was like, man, bam, But district bam, was bam. blocks away. We were on 9 and I C, know, and district and was still, on maybe 9 and E. But still, you could still hear the music. That's what I'm talking about when it comes to Hushville as well. Hushville just has walls, and they're in a kind of a industrial part of town. You know, there's a lot of org stuff goes in the six o'clock region center camp all that mm. that's where they're right. at and uh, they got that big heat uh dpw heavy equipment on one side they're right quiet at night most of the time <laughs> that's a group uh dpw yeah i would make sure you know you went for a few times go to some dpw parties because they are snarky. Hell, even do a DPW shift or something. That'd be nice. I, I, I wonder, because the Rangers, when you walk that day with a mentor shift or your, you know, your, what do you call that? Alpha shift. Yeah. That's kind of like trying it out. True. And there's probably some people who get done with that and say, this just isn't, isn't for me. Right. I'm good. No, I think DPW is more for people that like want to get in there they're not afraid to do like physical work i mean they Absolutely. work their asses off all the time work not every single one of them but sure i mean as a group they got a lot of equipment some of them do you know schlep stuff around heft in the here and True, there but i'm just saying that i i would not be volunteering anytime soon for dpw i think you should go to the <laughs> thunderdome and if oh. you're if you love the Thunderdome and everything that they have to offer, then DPW is you know somewhat That's up your style as well. Like Mad Max, right? Gone Wild. There's a Mad Max element though to everybody in Burning Man with the goggles and the 
dust protection and sure but you go to mad max or you go to the thunderdome to battle it out vent your emotions yes yeah absolutely yeah you know it's interesting with the thunderdome that the first uh the first two years i was enthralled with the thunderdome i i went a couple times during the week and then the third year fourth year i went you know maybe once Mm -hmm. didn't stand as much and uh last year i don't think i went at all no it was a little too aggro i think the last time i went i mean i remember a couple years ago where we went and we actually like climbed the monkey what do you call it the monkey geodesic dome Monkey geos. Oh, you're thinking of like dome. monkey bars. <laughs> yeah, monkey bars. <laughs> That's you, what it felt like. You string a whole bunch of monkey bars together in a geodesic pattern. Yeah. And you create a half a circle. Right. Dome. Half a circle. So anyways, we were there and I climbed, I think, halfway up. Third row. It was pretty high. Yeah. There was there was people sitting on the bars <laughs> above the people standing and we were above them. Right. So and third row, I figure that's third row. There's still like the fourth row, which is high up, and then the crazies that get yelled at for being, you're not really supposed to go to the, towards the sign. They don't like you anywhere near the sign. No, but hey, it's all, what do you call it? Self-reliance? But they do seem to start yelling at people because they, uh, they don't want you getting knocked off during the show, mainly because they don't give a shit about you, but because it'd be a bummer. <laughs> right, you fall and you yeah. die. Yeah, you'd get in the way of the battle. <laughs> exactly. So, no, I didn't go up that high. But I do remember going up halfway. And then when I tried to get down, people were just so aggro. Oh, actually, I was the one yelling. And it was like, excuse us. We, you know, we need to come down. We're going to try and come down to this general spot right here. And it was like, they, they no, didn't, they no, didn't you're even not. acknowledge you. No. They were like, Pfft. yeah, I had to start doing the countdown. Then I, I, I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm going to jump down here. In about three seconds, I'm going to jump down mm-hmm. here. And they got mad at you. No, they didn't. They still didn't say anything. They didn't get mad until after I jumped. And then I said, I said I was <laughs> going to jump. I mean, I was up there, you know, doing a fucking countdown. Jesus Christ. Yeah. They didn't care. No, well, hey, weird. it's Mad Max, right? Was it because, you know, they were going to lose their spot at the line? They moved back mm-hmm. and then the people next to them crowd in or something i just walk back up to that bar and say know. Hey, yeah you know i was standing here i'm gonna squeeze back in yeah i don't know i think it was just their mentality of like this is mad max you know like we don't care we're not gonna listen to you we're just gonna do what we do <laughs> yeah ram my car in your face i don't know yeah i'm not sure yeah we don't typically run in that aggressive of circles so no that was, I think that was the last time we went. Well, that was the time we took Ayal and uh, Naur. Mm. And there was, we were there for probably an hour watching battles. Right, and then we left. From the third row. Yeah, it's, it goes on for a long time. Forever. Imagine, we're not going to hang out on those bars for two hours. Oh, no. I sure the hell ain't. I mean, they have great fights. It's like <laughs> DPW against like... Uh, what the Rangers? Sometimes they have husband and wives fight. <laughs> it's it's a mess, <laughs> but hey, people like it. It's fun. It's exciting. 
It's a hot black leathery mess. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I'll bind you up and then. I don't know. Beat yeah, you with the foam. Because cause you know they don't really hit each other. Like you don't really hurt each other. They have like these. Intermediaries. Um, what do you call it? The foam floaties. Bats. The floaties that you use for going swimming. I think they have a little That's more heft to them than the floaties though. Okay. Maybe I think they're they rigid do. somewhat. I wonder what's the middle of those. It's not a bar or a stick or a piece of rebar I would imagine. <laughs> no, I think it's plastic. I think it's uh, it's like. Because those, comba- those combatants, I mean, they like weigh the on each other. It's like the lifesaver. You know, it's plastic. And then the foam on top of it. Not an actual lifesaver, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I sure do. <laughs> yes, it is a little heavier, but it is more than just foam. So yeah. tell me, Miguel. Um, what has been your, I don't know, your highlights from Burning Man? Highlights from Burning Man. That shell that I was talking about, Burning Man gives you the confidence and the situation, the container, the impetus, the setup. That might be the best Mm. word. At Burning Man, you have the setup to be different versions of yourself, better versions of yourself, Um, more idealistic. I'm a fairly idealistic person, and so I try a lot of winging it and throwing it out there. And then I think that's one of the things that has been interesting for me this last year has been the contrast between when you're at Burning Man and when you're not. And the... You know, both the, not just the ability, but that becomes an experiment and experience as well where you start to try and, you know, be more friendly out there in the regular world. Right. I think what you're saying is that when you're at Burning Man, it just gives you an open space to be whatever you want to be, right? You want to be more friendly. You want to visit people. You want to invite, you know, you want to cook for somebody. I mean... You want to invite them over for a threesome. It's open to <laughs> anything, really. It's accepting. It's open. Definitely. And uh, it's also kind of like a fantasy world because you just walk around from one street to the next and there's another. There's a party or there's a group of people eating or, um, or of course, a lot of times there's just people camping. True. And there's no... Um, you don't have to worry about money, you know, it's just, just walk up. yeah, you just walk up, people invite you, you invite them or, and if you've um, been to Burning Man a couple of times, you know, you have to have your own cup and actually the better prepared you are, especially when it comes to food, the more luck you might, you will tend to have. If you have a plate, fork, knife, spoon set and a cup, you're going to get a lot more food than just the cup person. True. And if your cup always has a drink in it. And you truly have no extra cup. I mean, some people walk around with one, literally one cup, mm-hmm. and that cup has a mixed drink in it. Right. They've got no water, and they've got no empty cup. So you land yeah. at a place, and they say, hey, you want some water? And you say, sure. What are, where are you going to pour it? Right. They say, hey, we're making this uh, soup with uh, navy beans and blah, blah, blah. Do you got a spoon? Do you got a cup? 
Well, no, you just bought a cup with your mixed margarita. Right. And the important thing about this is because when you do you're go hungry. to Burning Man and yes, you're hungry you a lot for of food. one. But the other thing is that when you go to Burning Man is that you are supposed to be self-reliant, right? And sure, people give you stuff, but, but it's also really it's about um, leaving no trace behind. So you don't, anything you bring in, you have to take out. Trash. That's number one. So a lot of people are not going to be as willing to offer you a disposable cup because they're going to have to haul it out themselves, right? No, I don't know if anybody offers you a disposable cup. I mean, I guess there's well, there are there are some. So you know what I think is interesting is Sparkle Pony versus Barter. Um, (laughs) So they, you know, there's this. Everybody understands that knows anything about it that it operates on a gift economy and a gift economy in that a gift is not barter. It really is a here's something I'm giving freely to you. Right. You're uh, not expecting something in exchange. You're just giving it away. And that certainly does happen. Um, but even more prevalent and just less acknowledged is there ends up being a undercurrent of barter sure and what i mean by that is that a person will come in and they'll have they'll bring too much water and their neighbor brought too little butter or toilet paper and the person with that water ends up giving it to this giving it to the neighbor and in the back of that neighbor's mind they're compelled they're encouraged or it, whether it's in you know it's usually probably internally but now they want to help that neighbor out so it's not right there in the moment they don't trade oh okay well i'll trade you two rolls of toilet paper for a stick of butter mm-hmm. or whatever their uh their own numbers are it's more of that now they're looking out to help that person that person helped them and they've got a watchful eye out and they're going to help them when they they're going to return that help when they need something sure because they have extra whatever they happen Propane, to bring extra of. toilet paper sanitizer very know. few people bring exactly what they need and don't need anything from anybody else oh no for sure i mean i've i think i have planned and planned how many years have we been to running in four five okay so after five you s- i still forget something either either we run out of baby wipes or actually No spray. This is a lifesaver <laughs> for Burning Man. Okay, so Esmeralda, what have been your volunteering experiences at Burning Man? After a couple of years of attending Burning Man, Miguel informed me about being a ranger. And I got into volunteering uh, via him because, I don't know, he liked it. It was great. It was awesome, and the awesome part was you got a half-price ticket or a free ticket, depending on how many hours you volunteered. But besides that, um, it was a it was a nice experience. I really liked it. I got to see a lot of the city. I got to meet a lot more people. I think a lot of people initially get attracted to 
volunteering with the Rangers because of the benefits, because of the perks. I know I certainly did. In fact, the first time that I thought about um, doing joining the Rangers was when we were having so much difficulty getting tickets. Mm, true, true. And that wasn't my first, like, I didn't, I mean, I just, I started volunteering because... I heard how much fun you had. Um, But for me, it was more about the experience. Like, oh, yeah, then it it gets me out of the theme camp. camp, uh, Out of your shell. Out of my shell, yes. The Rangers are great for cracking the shell. You get to meet a lot more people. I mean, it was, that, that was my first, like, yeah, I'd like to do it because of that. Not because of the first, not because of the free ticket or... Um, being able to secure that ticket initially, no. But yeah, that's a great bonus. <laughs> and when you stay at a camp, um, there's other infrastructure benefits. Mm-hmm. But a lot of big camps have, you know, shower and garbage and common services and utilities. Yeah, I don't know. I've only stayed in two camps we also went solo the first year yeah the no first shower. year we went solo no shower it was just a bag sun shower <laughs> it was a yeah. sun shower black bag shower <laughs> okay sure and even then after we joined the theme camp it was still a, a sun bag shower mm, yeah but we did get fed Food. three times a day Another big utility on the and playa. And yeah, if you wanted to get scrubbed down by um, the carcass wash, that was also an option. And then the second theme camp was Tokyo 